Coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast, we discuss some Buccaneers superlatives. But first, Tom Brady has reported to the Advent Health Training Center. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is the most popular man in all of Tampa has officially reported to the Advent Health Training Center. That's right, 8.30 Thursday morning. Tom Brady rolled in to Tampa to the Advent Health Training Center, and uh, there was actual live footage from helicopters and news crews of him walking into the medical trailer to take his his COVID-19 test, and now there's kind of that 48-hour waiting period to make sure that he's all clear. But, David, seeing all of the video coverage of just a guy walking into a medical trailer is unlike anything I have ever seen regarding Buccaneers football ever. Yeah, I mean, if we thought recording private workouts, you know, at at prep school fields and everything was crazy, uh, literally flying overhead as an NFL player drives into a facility to walk into a medical trailer to have a medical test done and then leave pending the results of said medical test. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm as excited for you know NFL to, the NFL to return and for football to return as, as anybody else is. But let's be real here. That's that's what the coverage was about. The coverage today was all about a guy driving his car to a building, getting a medical test done, and then leaving to find out if he can come back at a later date. That's what we're talking about. That's what everybody's talking about. But hey, you know what? Uh, with the way that 2020 has gone, it's really not a surprise because any type of sense of normalcy, any type of return to your normal routine uh, is going to be welcomed. And I think that this is kind of the first sign we've had this year of any type of normal type of practice coming back. And I mean, the, the fact that he drove to Advent Health to get, you know, the medical test done that he did instead of a standard physical for, you know, signing a contract is not normal. But what it shows is that all the efforts the NFL has put in, the NFLPA has put in all of the guidelines, all the measures that everybody's done to try to ensure that a 2020 football season actually go- is going to happen, that they're underway, that they're moving forward. Players, owners, we've seen a lot of social media traffic, a lot of a lot of complaining. We've seen a lot of, you know, back and forth and a lot of reports about this player's not happy, this owner's not happy, whatever you have. Bottom line is NFL players are returning to their facilities. They're getting the tests done to see if they can continue to return to the facility, work full-time, and get the season underway. And that means we're one step closer to having football in the fall which is the closest thing to normal we can get this year. Yeah, and and the first guy to greet him uh, coming out of that medical trailer, and if you've if you've seen the video, I'm sure you've you've noticed a giant smile across the face of Buccaneers quarterbacks coach Clyde Christensen. And Christensen, David, we talked about it on on this show. We wrote about it at Bucks Nation when it happened. Christensen was on uh, Pat McAfee's show, as you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of. And is he was just bubbling over with excitement 
for Tom Brady to get him in the building, be able to do some coaching and, and work with somebody of, of Tom's stature. So it, it didn't even surprise me that the guy waiting there for him to, to talk and, and laugh a little bit wasn't Bruce Arians, wasn't Jason Light. It was Clyde Christensen, the quarterback's coach, who was just chomping at the bit to get to work with Brady. Yeah, I mean, can you, can you blame him? You know, uh, this is a guy who's <laughs> – I mean, he's had a very good reputation in the league for a reason. He's going to work with a guy who is known uh, for having a great reputation, a great work ethic. And, I mean, not for nothing, but, you know, you look at Josh McDaniels in New England. I know he's not the quarterback coach necessarily the offense coordinator, but the fact that Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels were able to have kind of the relationship they did uh, where they're at least, you know, being able to kind of combine their thoughts and, and develop an offense there in New England kind of shows the humility – of Tom Brady because because McDaniels isn't exactly you know it's not like he came to New England as an established guy came to New England with his reputation of being an offensive guru he's developed what reputation he does have there and if he ever gets another chance to be a head coach it's going to be based off of what he did in New England uh, with Tom Brady and, and with those guys and we'll see what he does with Cam Newton and all these other guys but the fact that Tom is able to kind of do those things, it kind of just echoes through what other players have said and what the Buccaneers players have said that we've heard from who have worked out with him in some of those practices and those private workouts and had conversations with him is that, you know, even though he's considered the greatest of all time and everything, uh, you know, the clip of him coming through the gate, you know what I mean? He comes through the gate, he rolls down his window, he smiles at the security guard, has has a couple words, a little bit of an exchange with him. And then he goes in, you see him standing outside the trailer, just, you know, hands in pockets, hanging out with the guys. I mean, this is a guy who knows, he knows how to put on the tux. He knows how to stand for the cameras on the red carpet and be Tom Brady, the goat, the figure, you know, the face of the of the of the NFL and all that stuff. But he also knows how to be one of the guys. He knows how to go to work. He knows how to be a coworker and a teammate. And I think that's going to be extremely important. That's why everybody's excited to get to work with Tom Brady with this Buccaneers roster. All right. Well, we have some more Buccaneer news and some superlatives to get to in just a minute. But first, of course, we have to talk about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers for online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why do you need to spend up to twice as much at one of those big chain stores for the same parts you can get from our friends at rockauto.com? So just head to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Finishing the week strong with a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And before we get to these superlatives, David, we have a little bit more Buccaneers news the Bucs have now agreed to terms with all their draft picks. They had agreed to terms with uh, – it was, it was Tyler Johnson and Khalil Davis just a few days ago. Now all the draft picks have agreed to terms. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's no surprise. You know, they obviously can't sign the contract – 
until they get there, do their, their COVID testing and, and all that, except for, was it Tyler Johnson that posted uh, the Instagram photo of him signing the contract? Yeah, it certainly looked like a contract he was signing to me. So yeah, maybe, maybe his agent got it faxed over or, or something, but most of these are just agreed to terms, still pending physicals and, and things of that nature. But all the all the draft picks are going to be locked up. Tristan Wirfs, the uh, you know the first round pick, he gets sixteen point two three million dollars on a four year deal, fully guaranteed, plus that that fifth year option. So, you know that's I, it's that's solid stuff. Uh, again, not not anything to um, to have ever stressed about, given the the rookie wage scale and everything. We knew it was going to get done. It's just now becoming more official as, as the players are getting ready to report. Yeah, not exactly the, the sexiest of breaking news topics, you know, to, to discuss around the NFL and around the, the Buccaneers world, uh, so to speak. But again, I mean, just with everything going on, I mean, just a couple months ago, we were all wondering if an NFL season was even going to get off the ground. And I mean, let's, let's you know, let's be completely honest. Uh, the 2020 NFL regular season is still far from, I would call cemented. You know, these guys report training camp. You never know what's going to happen if, if uh, a rash of sickness runs through uh, the locker rooms or a couple of teams or something. It could definitely, you know, it could it could turn it could turn negative in, in uh, a very quick second. So obviously, hoping you know, knock on wood that doesn't happen to these guys. But you know, again, it, when when news is happening, when it should be happening, right? So if you're a baseball fan, your season has not been going the way that it's supposed to go. Yes, baseball is back, but there's not fans in the stands. You can watch it on TV. Maybe it's not quite the same experience. You know what I mean? And But here we are, and uh, we're, we're in July, and baseball is just getting started. That's not normal. Basketball is back, but they're playing in a bubble. There's no fans again. There's these really big digital boards where they got Paul George's face, you know, plastered on there as he's, he's scoring and, and, and making plays and everything. And it's great to have it back, but again, we're not on the same timeline. There's not a familiarity with what's going on with that whole league and with the whole situation. With the NFL here, we have rookies reporting to camp, agreeing to contracts, and it's mid to end July. It's when they're supposed to be doing these things. These things are normal. This is a normal timeline. We're not going to have the preseason games, but we're going to have players in camp. They're going to be practicing and getting ready. And in, in early to mid-September, we should, with everything going well, we should have live football action going on maybe 20 to 30% capacity, maybe no capacity. I don't know. But the bottom line is in your everyday life, if you are an NFL fan in America, you are used to football being played in September for real, for, you know, the games count for real. And if everything goes well, you will have football in September. So again, it's, while it's not the biggest news in the world, like I don't think anybody thought Tristan Wirfs and the Buccaneers were not going to agree to terms. It's important just because of everything that's been going on because it fits the normal timeline of what, what usually happens this time of year. All right. Well, David, let's go ahead and dive into some of these uh, some of these superlatives, and I'm I'm going to let you drive this train because this was uh, your your baby on BucksNation.com. You orchestrated this roundtable, set up the categories, everything like that. So I'm going to let you set it up for everyone to hear, and and we'll start to discuss some of the submissions that we we got via social media as people wanted to put in their two cents on these. Uh, on these different categories. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a big fan of superlatives, especially when it comes to sports. And this is something that we did last year as well. And, and I had a lot of fun with it. So I want to do it again this year. I uh, limited the topics to five this year. I'm not, I really can't remember how many we did last year, but there are so many different topics you get into when you're talking about NFL superlatives specifically. So I kept it to five. And the five that we went with uh, were breakout player, comeback player, rising star, 
MVP sleeper and a fantasy hero. And these are all Bucks related, right? So you're talking about a breakout Buccaneers player. And uh, for those of you who read it over at BucksNation.com, you didn't see it uh, because we deleted it before it went you know, to press because it was for the writer. So as everybody went in there, I left little blurbs behind each category of kind of what we were, I, what we were kind of looking for in that player that they picked, right? So breakout player was not so much someone who wasn't a good player, but someone who maybe on the national level doesn't get the attention as being one of the best at his position uh, that maybe this year with a good solid outing in 2020 could enter that national conversation. That's kind of how we, we designate the breakout player, right? Uh, was that national spotlight comeback player. Uh, we, we had one commenter on BucksNation.com, James, who kind of got, you know, his, his or her, I honestly don't know the, the Twitter or the handle on the BucksNation comment board. I don't know if it's male or female, but whoever was kind of had their own, you know, asser, uh, you know assertions of what a, a comeback player should be. Uh, the way that we did this is basically a player who, had not had a good, strong 2019 performance, or someone like Rob Gronkowski, who was coming off of an off year and coming back to the game, could be a comeback player. So kind of your traditional comeback player in that sense. But also we left the door open to somebody who just didn't have a good 2019 that could bounce back and have a good 2020 for one reason or another. Uh, so that was how we di- dictated the comeback player. Rising star was more of a team type of thing. So we talk about uh, the Buckaholics. We talk about you know just just Bucks Nation, just Bucks fans in general. A, a rising star, someone who's going to become a fan favorite among Bucks fans, and maybe next year, this this time next year, we're talking about being underrated and being a guy who could hit national stage uh, after 2020. MVP sleeper. Uh, essentially, it was okay. So we're not talking Tom Brady here, right? So you can't pick Tom Brady. So who's going to be the team MVP for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020, not including Tom Brady? Because I think he's kind of the easy choice. So that's why it's a sleeper. And then fantasy hero, right? I mean, that's self-explanatory. A guy that basically you look at the fantasy football landscape for 2020. This is a Buccaneer that every Buccaneer, a fantasy football fan, should be looking to invest in for their roster for one reason or another. And yeah, all the all the writers went through and, and they picked their categories or they picked their players. And uh, I mean, I like all the answers, James. I don't know if there's any specific writer answers that you wanted to go through, though. Um, I mean, none in particular. Uh, I think the the only one that we really had a website consensus on was the the fantasy hero, and you know we we had a, a couple of outliers, but really the the vast majority all come out and say Ronald Jones is going to be going to be your fantasy hero and and it was all about value it is all about yeah if you want Chris Godwin that's great he's going to put up a lot of points for you he might win you your league but he's going to cost you a second round pick you want Mike Evans he's probably going to cost you a second or a third but he's going to help you win leagues you know Gronk is going to be one of the top three or four tight ends drafted with Ronald Jones when he's getting drafted around the same guys like James White and Sony Michelle and Darius Geis and Tevin Coleman, the value that he brings to your fantasy roster because of his his share of the offense, his his target share, his carry percentage, all of it, his sheer opportunity volume in in that realm of running backs, that's what you're going to look back on your fantasy season and say, you know what? a big reason that I'm playing for my championship or I won my championship is the fact that I got a top 15, top 12 running back in the sixth round instead of taking Jordan Howard or Tevin Coleman. Uh, 
So, you know, that was, that was the one that really jumped out uh, to, to me the most was, uh, you know, how, how much we all agreed there. And then, yeah, I, I, I can't come up with any good reason to not name Gronk comeback player. He's the epitome of the term comeback player for, you know, coming back this season. So, yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I don't really have too much that we wrote about that, that I was planning on diving into. Yeah, I mean, I think Gronk, uh, I even wrote in my submission for the comeback player that Gronk was kind of the low line, the low hanging fruit. You know, it, it would be easy to reach up into the to the tree of comeback players, pick the Gronk apple off the tree and say, look how shiny and pretty it is because nobody's really going to argue with you when you say Rob Gronkowski is a candidate for a comeback player of the year for the Buccaneers this year. Uh, I went with O.J. Howard, and, and so did a couple of other people. And, you know, uh, it's it's no secret that he struggled. We talked about it on yesterday's episode that he did not have a good 2019 uh, compared to, you know, what he wanted to do. I mean, there are, there are plenty of tight ends in the NFL who look at O.J. Howard's stat line at the end of the season and would have loved to have that stat line. Uh, but for O.J. Howard, what he wanted to do, what the Bucks wanted him to do, and what Bucks fans thought he was capable of doing, it was not a good season. So I went there. But, yeah, Rojo is the fantasy hero. I mean, we had, you know, I think Chris Godwin got a couple nods. Mike Evans got a nod in there. Gronk got a nod in there. But really, you know, like you just hit the the nail on the head, we're looking at value. And, you know, according to the fantasy footballers, Ronald Jones getting drafted in the early part of the seventh round. By the time you get to the seventh round, you're talking about drafting your third, maybe fourth wide receivers or running backs, depending on how heavy you went early on in the position. So when you're looking at drafting your third running back, potentially there in the seventh round, you're talking about getting a guy who – uh, you know, ideally you want starters, right? You want starting running backs to be your number one, number two guys. If you can get a starter as your number three guy, that's even better. And if you can get a starter as your number three running back who is playing with a quarterback that has the history of volume uh, for that for that running back, for the running back position, that's even better. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, some other players he's being drafted around, Raheem Mostert, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. Uh, listen, I, I know Cam Akers has a huge fan base, especially in the state of Florida, but – uh, we, we have no idea how he's going to be utilized in the NFL right now. We have no idea what kind of production he's going to have in the NFL right now. So you're taking a risk on an unknown commodity in the seventh round there, or you're taking a risk on a guy who essentially is going to be given what Peyton Barber was given last year, and that is full reigns over the number one running back position or spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering the season. Now, whether or not he holds on to it or not is a combination of what Rojo does or doesn't do and what Keyshawn Vaughn does or doesn't do. But the bottom line is he's going to have the opportunity. And when you're drafting the seventh round, you're drafting a, a skill position player, volume is king. Uh, so the opportunities that Rojo is going to have make him extremely important. Uh, but, James, we did have some – like I so said, we had some social media interactions. We had some commenters on Bucks Nation leave their own uh, players' selections for those positions or for those categories. Uh, but we also had some others on social media. And the first one I want to throw out, uh, Kevin Thompson on Twitter. Uh, hit us up at the Locked on Bucks podcast Twitter handle. Uh, at VA Bucks fan 13. So here are his choices, James. I'm going to read these off and then see uh, kind of how you you look at this. Uh, so his breakout player was Rojo. His comeback player was OJ. And he says in parentheses, he's had a down year last year. His rising star, Sean Murphy Bunting, his team MVP uh, sleeper, Devin White. And then his fantasy hero, Chris Godwin. And before we get into this, again, uh, Kevin did not have the descriptions that we had, right? So again, for, for the staff, we, we identified the breakout players being a guy who's going to hit the national stage. Now, Kevin may still think Rojo's that guy. He may still think that Rojo's the guy who's going to hit the national stage. I mean, if he does, how does that sit with you? Oh, I think it's great. I, I, I like all of his picks for sure. Yeah, I have to say that the one that I find the most interesting is his rising star and Sean Murphy Bunting because I love uh, again, that. 
Yeah, no, I, I love Sean Murphy. Bunting, I love what he was doing at the end of the season. I love his attitude and his, his dedication to the game. Um, but looking at kind of what we did on, on the site, he didn't get a whole lot of love. I mean, Jamel Dean got some love in here. Uh, uh, I think Vita Vea got some love. Jason Pierre-Paul got some love in the MVP categories. So, I mean, there are a lot of Buccaneers names thrown around. But Sean Murphy Bunting didn't get some of the love. I mean, Carlton Davis even got a team MVP nod from John uh, over there at BucksNation.com. So to see Sean Murphy Bunting on there, because, I mean, you kind of have those questions, right? So, like, is Jim, like Carlton Davis pretty much comes into the 2020 season cemented as one of the starting outside cornerbacks, right? So, Jamel Dean, is he going to be the other outside guy or is Sean Murphy Bunting going to be the outside guy? It seems like Sean Murphy Bunting works better in the slot compared to where Jamel Dean can do some really good work on the outside, especially if he can pick up where he left off in 2020. So, for the for, for a slot defender, right, potentially, and Sean Murphy Bunting to be considered that rising star, that's an interesting pick for me. Uh, but it also speaks to kind of how the NFL offenses have gone in, in recent times where that third receiver is almost considered a starter. So your third cornerback could also be considered a starter. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I was debating between Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean. I just I, I leaned a little bit more towards Dean, but I think both of these guys can have huge, huge years if they finish the way that they ended in 2019. Yeah, and then moving over to Facebook, uh, I shared this post uh, and solicited some responses over in the Loose Cannons Facebook page uh, over there, and we got some responses there uh, from Steven, one from Steven, one from Dan over there in the Loose Cannons Facebook group. Uh, Steven has his breakout player being Devin White, comeback players OJ, rising stars Jamel Dean, MVP sleeper Levante David, and fantasy hero he wrote one foe. So that's Chris Godwin for those who don't know. Uh, Dan had Rojo as his breakout player as well. So some some repetition there. Comeback player was OJ. I love it. Rising star, Devin White, MVP sleeper, uh, De- or, uh, Chris Coughlin, and then fantasy hero, Rojo, which obviously I'm going to agree with because that's what the majority of us picked as well. But James, uh, as low-lying as Gronk is uh, for that comeback player, I mean, OJ Howard getting a lot of love for that comeback player slot. Being the second tight end on this offense, I know that Bruce Arians said they're going 12 personnel. What would you – so, and I know we're kind of, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. We didn't, we didn't really prep for this question. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but how much does OJ Howard really need to do in 2020 to be considered that comeback player? I don't think he needs to do statistically a whole lot more than he's already done each year. But what hurt him last year was lack of targets early on. And then drops. Because if you go back to the beginning of the season and you you see all of those passes like the, as you put it, the, the Harlem Globetrotter toss uh, against the New Orleans Saints that ended up being intercepted and, and run back for a touchdown, statistically he wasn't that far off from what he had done the previous year. The big issue was the hype train around O.J. Howard and he just didn't live up to it, but he didn't have a terrible season. What he did struggle with were dropped passes and then, you know, ultimately kind of a, a lack of targets. So he's going to face the lack of targets again, in my opinion, because of the addition of Gronk. But he just needs to be more reliable and more sure-handed. And when, when people are seeing the ball thrown to him, and he's not dropping it, so you you start to rely on him being able to just catch the targets that come his way, it doesn't matter if he ends up with the same yards 
or the same receptions because it's it's the perception is reality. Okay, I see the ball going to O.J. Howard. It hit him in the hands and he dropped it. This guy sucks. And switch that over to whenever Brady's in a pinch, he's, he's dropping a, a short little dump off to O.J. Howard who's catching it and gaining four yards when we need three to move the sticks. This guy's a beast. That's, that's the issue that we ran into last year by and large is the perception was that he was absolutely terrible when in reality he statistically wasn't that much different than he's been previous years with the Bucks. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. From, from a production standpoint, from a stat line standpoint, right, he, he basically did – he basically landed right in the middle of his rookie and his sophomore season. So, I mean, in, in his rookie year, he had 26 catches. And in the last two seasons alone, he's had 34 in each of those seasons. And in 2019, he only had five more targets in the entire season than he did in 2018. And in 2019, he played in 14 games versus 10 uh, for his sophomore year. So, I mean, again, the production numbers are pretty much right there on par. Uh, his his yards, you know, he, he had 432 yards in the rookie season. He fell into 459 last year, 565 in the second so right there in the middle of those statistic outputs. But the, but like you said, that expectation or, or the expectation management of the whole thing, OJ was expected to become a top five NFL uh, tight end. And he even said, you know, again, on NFL Network himself during the offseason before last year that he expected himself to get there. He felt like he had the ability, put in the work, and he was primed for that season. So I'm kind of with you. Uh, being the second tight end behind Rob Gronkowski, especially if Gronk has a healthy 2020 campaign. I mean, you know, the, the injury bug is always looming over everybody's head. But Rob Gronkowski, I think, has a little bit more people concerned about whether or not he's going to be able to survive the year because of his recent history. Uh, if, if Gronk goes 16 games, 14 games, 12 games even, then OJ's going to be playing second fiddle for the majority of the year. I think it's less important for OJ's stats, and this is going to make fantasy enthusiasts happy. I think it's less important for OJ's stats to rebound and to even increase over his sophomore season and especially his third season. I think it's more that he puts clean football on film. When he gets the opportunity to bring in those catches, he brings them in. When he has the opportunity to turn on field, he does it. He does it well. He secures the ball. I think it's more important for him to have a clean 2020. I mean, if he comes out with, say, 50 targets, 36 catches, 550 yards, and three touchdowns, and but he doesn't have any of those mistakes that we saw in the 2019 season, he doesn't have those moments where he has the opportunity to contribute and he falls short, then I can, I, can, I can honestly say I can consider that a comeback season for OJ that puts him back on track to become one of the best NFLs or best tight ends in the NFL. All right, and that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast. We're going to send you into the weekend in a fantastic fashion, but please, over the weekend, Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Guess what, everybody? Sports are back. You got the NBA playing right now. You got the MLB hosting their opening night last night. You have hockey starting next week. Things are starting to get back to normal, and you love to see it. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.